Welcome to the Syracuse Vineyard Podcast. Thanks for taking some time to listen in with us. If you like what you're hearing and would like to know more about the church, you can go to our website at vineyardny.org or follow us on social media at vineyardny on YouTube, vineyardny Syracuse on Instagram, and vineyardny-syracuse on Facebook. And now we're going to listen in on this week's message. A couple of weeks ago, I got an email from my homeowner's insurance company. Okay, have you ever gotten one of these emails? And I opened it up. It said on the headline, it said, you are late for your payment. And I had made sure that we got that homeowner's insurance payment in. And so I thought, what, they got something wrong. I ignored the first one. But then I got another one. They're not joking around. They're, they're, they're coming after me. And so I opened up the second email. And I saw that I was late for a payment of $250 on top of the, the money that I had just paid to this homeowner's insurance company. And I was angry. Have you ever gotten one of those e- emails or those letters, right? That it shows up and your, it, it creeps in. I opened this up in my bedroom, right? They, they know where I sleep, right? And I opened this up, and I was angry and confused, and this is, must be some sort of misunderstanding. And so I called up my homeowner's insurance company, and I said, you have some sort of misunderstanding. I do not owe $250. You can see that I, I, I paid this much on this date. Look at it. You know, read it and weep, company. And they told me that they were sending me to a specialist. And so I, I answered the phone to the specialist and told her the same thing that I had just told this other wonderful person. And when she heard my excuse for why I shouldn't have to pay, she said, no, sir, we sent you this um, bill because your homeowner's insurance policy has changed and so now you owe $250 on top of this, and, and you're late for your payment. And I was angry. And I, 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 you, have you ever been angry with customer service? Anybody? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Put it down. All right. It's, I, I was angry. And I was, I was saying things and using words. And that you don't use it adults, right? Uh, you don't use it kids either, right? And I was so frustrated and angry. And uh, I realized about halfway through the conversation that this woman was not going to let me off the hook. She was not, she, the, you know, she worked and she, she was going to make her money today. And so... Um, and she was kind to me, and then I, I realized I need to be um, different with this person. And then something came out of me, and I, I realized that I wanted to reach through the phone and ask her to please give me an apology. I wanted her to give me an apology because her company had messed with me. I guess I had... I had filled out the paperless thing, right? And so they don't send you the bill anymore. They just, they just send it to you, right? There. And I was angry at her, and she owed me an apology. And I said, ma'am, are you going to apologize to me? 
And she gave me the weakest apology, and I was still so angry, and I hung up the phone, and it ruined my day. And we're in this series called Break, where we've been looking at some emotions that control us. Things inside of us that come outside of us sometimes. We looked at guilt and shame that first week, where guilt and shame, they hide inside of us. We don't even know that they're there oftentimes until it's too late. We have this thing called jealousy week two. We talked about greed and materialism last week. And this week we're looking at the emotion, the great emotion of anger. Anger. And before we get on with the message, I want to define anger for us. What is anger? Anger is an emotion that says, you owe me. You owe me. I don't owe you. You owe me something, and I'm going to get it back. There is a debt to be paid. You took something from me, and I owe you that you owe me. When does anger occur? Anger occurs when we have unfulfilled expectations. When our expectations of life and uh, 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 what we want our life to be doesn't get met. We feel like someone has taken something from us and we get angry. Who does anger affect? Anger can affect you and it can affect me and it can affect everyone around us. Every single person who comes into contact with us can be infected with this anger. And sometimes anger festers inside of us, right? It just sits inside of us. We didn't even know it was there. And we start taking our anger out on everyone around us. But you guys wouldn't do that, right? You guys wouldn't do that. Here's the thing about anger. Anger traps us in self-sabotage. This is my first point today. Anger traps us in self-sabotage. The thing about anger is that we usually think that we are in control. But what we don't realize is that anger is in control of us. Anger is controlling us. And anger creates destruction in our lives. I thought that that woman from customer service owed me an apology. And I was going to take it out on her, right? She owed me. She worked for this evil company, right? So I, I was taking it out on her. But do you know when I hung up the phone, I looked into my dining room and there was my son, Caleb. And he was listening to every word that I was saying to this woman. Anger traps us in self-sabotage. We think that we're in control, but we are not in control. Look at what Proverbs says about anger. 14.10. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joy. Each heart has its own bitterness inside of it, and it knows it. But no one else gets to share the joy of that bitterness. Each heart gets it itself. Look, have you ever met an angry person who was joyful? Have you ever met an angry person that was peaceful? Have you ever met 
angry person who was content. How about this one? Do, uh, uh, this is Proverbs 22. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Anger destroys our relationships. It leaves havoc behind us. We end up not having friends after a while. Our family doesn't want to be around us. At some point, we might explode. But here's the thing about everything that we've looked at in this series so far, guilt and jealousy and materialism, is that Jesus can set us free. He can break us out. He can break us out of anger. He can break us out of the prison of anger that sometimes we put ourselves in. The antidote Jesus gives us to anger is forgiveness. Jesus sets us free through forgiveness. The rope that he throws to us in our pit of of self-isolation, of bitterness, of anger inside of us, he throws us the rope of forgiveness. He's allowing us out of this spot that we put ourselves in over and over and over again when we don't get what we want and we want to take it out on someone else. In place of being angry, Jesus taught his disciples and he teaches us the discipline of forgiveness, the freedom of forgiveness. He says to his disciples, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other one. He says, if someone asks you for your uh, a coat, you should give them also your shirt. He says, if someone asks you to go one mile with them, then go two. He says, if, if you have an enemy, you should pray for them. You should love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, does anybody in this room do well at that? Does anybody in our world do well at that? We don't. We cannot figure this out. And forgiveness is really hard, right? Jesus teaches forgiveness to turn the other cheek. But have you ever tried to turn the other cheek in the moment? It's hard. Anger swells up inside of us. Forgiveness is hard, especially when you have a right to be angry. I mean, you're right in this. Many of us have grown up with things that our parents have done to us, maybe. And we have a right to be angry at them. We have a right to be angry at our dad for leaving our mom. We have a right to be angry at the person who stole from us while we were sleeping. We have a right to to be angry because we were the victim of a hit and run. We have a right to be angry because they cheated us. We have a right to be angry. And if you were to tell your story to me, I would probably say, you're right. You should be angry. You should have that anger inside of you. That's right. But Jesus teaches us forgiveness. He teaches us to forgive. Does he actually expect us to forgive? Jesus challenges us in our righteousness, in our anger, 
even when we are right, he challenges us to forgive. There's this moment in Jesus' ministry where Peter comes up to Jesus and asks, he says, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? This is a pretty good question, right? And, and, and we got to give Pete credit, right? Because have you ever, all right, if your spouse cheated on you six times, would you forgive him the seventh? All right, if, if, okay. Peter's pretty generous. If, if your dad left you six times, would you forgive him the seventh? If someone stole from you six times, would you forgive him the seventh? Peter is being generous here. He's saying, I'm giving you, I'm, I, I'm pretty generous. Seven times is a lot, Jesus. Seven times is a lot. But Jesus, have you ever seen the World Series of Poker? You can watch these people playing poker on TV, right? And, and, some you know poker player with his sunglasses on, right? He he puts on he puts in seven chips, right? And the other the other poker player is staring at him across the table, and he's and he says, "I see your seven chips, but I raise you all in, right?" This is what Jesus does here. He says, "I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times." 76 times that person breaks your heart. I want you to forgive them. Jesus is saying that you and I, we need to get out of our anger. And the key to getting out of our anger is through forgiveness. And right to prove his point, he launches himself right into a story. And this story is a very tough story, if you've ever read it. And Jesus' stories were, were forced to be one of the characters. And oftentimes, I like to be the good character. But Jesus doesn't allow that in this one. Listen to this story and read it along with me on the side screens. It says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Now, Jesus is saying this as hyperbole, right? 10,000 bags of gold? I mean, there's nobody in Jesus' time maybe who has 10,000 bags of gold. Maybe there's somebody in our time, right? Maybe somebody rich, right? right? We, we, could add, we could throw out some names. But a man owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me. Be patient with me, he begged. And I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he shouted. 
His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused and said he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Jesus jumps out of the story and he says this. This then is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Jesus asks us to forgive, to let go of our anger, and to forgive. In this story, we are forced to see ourselves as the wicked servant, the one who was forgiven 10,000 bags of gold but can't forgive somebody for 100 silver coins. Now, you might not think that you have anger or bitterness. Maybe you're not an angry person. Maybe you don't uh, practice road rage, right? Maybe it doesn't come out in yelling. But each of us, each of us has anger towards someone. Each of us is holding on to a debt that someone else owes us. And this anger infects our lives. So how do, how do we break free from anger? I want to show you four steps that Jesus tells us in this parable that I think will help us break free from anger. The first step is this. We ask ourselves the question, who am I angry with? Matthew 18, 28 says, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. One of the most effective characteristics of anger is that it, 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 it hangs out in secrecy. It hangs out in obscurity and ambiguity. We are angry, but we don't even know who we're angry with. Now, this guy, when he was leaving work, he had just been forgiven 10,000 bags of gold. Do you think he went out thinking, I'm going to be angry at somebody? Do you think he went out already in a picture of his, in his mind of the person he's going to start choking? No. He didn't think about that as he's walking out. But as he's walking out, he sees the person, and all of a sudden, he, all these thoughts return to him. The anger is just brought out from inside of him. You and I, in the same way, we are sometimes angry with others. We're angry at God. We're angry at other people, our friends, our family. And sometimes we don't even know that we're angry and we just snap. Have you ever just snapped? Have you ever just yelled at, at your child and you don't even know why I'm yelling? right? And all of a sudden, you're like, oh my goodness, I just yelled at somebody I'm not even angry with. Who am I angry with? 
The thing with all of these emotions, we have guilt and shame and jealousy and, and, and materialism, this greed thing, these all hang out in the dark. And the thing that we need to do is bring each and every single one of them into the light. Who am I angry with? We ought to announce it. I am angry with so-and-so. Now, sometimes we think our anger is childish. We're angry because of this stupid, minuscule thing. We, we demean our feelings in this moment. We don't, th- we don't think I'm worth it. Yeah, I still have this anger inside of me. And so we don't talk about it. We wouldn't talk about it with anybody. We wouldn't tell our spouse but that what they said in that small moment, was, that really hurt me. Because if I say that, I'm going to feel ashamed of even feeling that feeling. So we keep it in the dark. We don't tell anybody who we're angry with. But in order to break free from the emotion of anger and what it holds on all of us, you and I must ask the question, who am I angry with? So let's do that right now. Just for 10 seconds, the sights for 10 seconds. A little reflection. Jesus, who am I angry with? Jesus, who am I angry with? Is there anyone that I'm angry with? Number two. The next step in this is to ask, what do they owe me? What do they owe me? Who am I angry with and what do they owe me? We need to, we need to admit what we actually think that they owe me. As I was telling this woman on the phone, you owe me an apology. I realized that I was taking my anger out on this person when I felt like this company had sinned against me. I wasn't angry at her. Who are you angry with and what do they owe me? When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. This is important. We need to understand how much And what that person took from us, what we feel that they took from us, did they take our dignity? Did they take our respect? Did they take away our childhood? Did they take away our innocence? Did they take away our money? Did they take away our security? What did they take? And Andy Stanley in his his book, Enemies of the Heart, this is an excellent book. We have it out at the Resource Center in the lobby. You can get it, you can borrow it, or you can buy it, okay? But um, he says this in the book. This is the step most of us skip. As a result, we forgive generally, but not specifically. You know what the person who hurt you did, but what exactly did they take from you? Until you know the answer to that question, you're not ready to forgive. Until you know the answer to that question, you may go through the motions of forgiveness, but experience no freedom. So we might try to forgive that person. We might say, God, I forgive that person. 
but we haven't really come to account with what actually they owe me. And so it always just creeps back in. Oh, I didn't deal with that part. They still owe me. So we keep on the cycle of unforgiveness and anger. So what does that person, that person you just thought of, who you're angry with, what do they owe you? Be specific. Jesus, I pray that you would show us right now that person that you've just shown us that we're angry with. How much do they owe me? How much do they owe us? Let's just take 10 seconds in that. third step is to cancel the debt. To take the number that they owe you and make it zero. To cancel the debt. To cross out the number. Do you see what the master did to the servant who who owed 10,000 bags of gold? He said, because you begged for mercy, I gave it to you. You don't owe a thing. But look at how the master treats the unforgiving servant. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Jesus calls us to forgive the debt, to cancel the debt. My father left me all those years ago and I felt like he took away my childhood. I had to be an adult now. God took away my mom at an early age and I had to be an adult. So I'm angry at God. That person took away my security so I'm angry with them about security. I I don't feel secure around them anymore. They owe me security, or I owe them insecurity. I'm going to get back at them, and then they're not going to feel safe around me. This is what we think. This is how we feel. But we cancel the debt. That's important when we do this step, that we, that we do it physically. We're physical beings. We're physical human beings, and so it's important that that we commemorate it in some physical way. Oftentimes it's helpful for me to journal why I'm angry at somebody. I'm, I'm writing it down and I can, it's there in the book. I can see it. I can go back to it. I can remember it. It's oftentimes helpful to take a, a, a note and, and write it down and then tear it up to cancel that debt or bury it in the backyard or whatever you'd like to do. And number four, we drop the case. Here's the thing about debt. It always tries to sneak back in. Even when we cancel it, it always tries to sneak back in. When I was 15 or 16 years old, I bought a guitar from someone for 200 bucks, okay? 200 bucks. Now, this is a, a family friend. and So the family friend came to me one day, uh, maybe a year later, and said, hey, 
remember that guitar? Can I borrow it for the week? And I said, sure. And this family friend never returned that guitar. And they never gave me $200, right? And ever since then, I've always felt like they owe me $200. And there's been about 20, 20 times where I felt like, man, I could really use $200. Right? I could really use $200 right now. I could really use $200 to pay the homeowner's insurance company. But the thing is, I forgave the guy like when I was 16. Like that week, maybe two weeks later. I don't really need the guitar. I'm okay. I don't need the $200. I'm okay. I forgave him. Jesus gave me the grace to forgive him. But do you know what? That thought comes at me about once a year. Every time I think, oh boy, I could use that $200. Maybe I should call him up. I, I wonder if he remembers. And, and I'm wondering if I should put back the debt on him. And, and, and the, I replay the angry thoughts in my mind, in my heart, in my, in my body. I start thinking about it again. And in those moments, we need to drop the case. We need to let go of our right to get even. We need to drop the charges that we hold against someone. Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Jesus tells Peter, you can't do it enough. You see that person and you're reminded of what they did to you? Forgive them again. Drop the case. I, I don't have the right to get back at them. I've canceled the charges. They've been canceled already. I don't have the right to get back at them. I don't have the right for payback. You guys remember our memory verse? Put it up on the screen. Our memory verse is this. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then, and then he goes on, Paul goes on in the rest of the verse. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. We've been enslaved by our anger, and we've just gone through the process of forgiving someone, but then we would let that anger come back and enslave us again. We're going back to Egypt to be enslaved again. We're going back to our practice of being angry, of having it control us and not us control it. And we do this all the time. When we're reminded of something that our brother did all those years ago, or that teacher who, who failed me, or, or whatever the story is. And believe me, you have a story that you've been telling yourself. And, and you're right to be angry. But you can cancel that debt, and you can cancel it today, and you can be free for the rest of your life from that. Now you might be thinking, oh, that's cool, Chris. I'm glad you can forgive for $200. <laughs> you know, that's cool, Chris. I'm glad you can, you can uh, forgive Liberty Mutual Insurance and, and that you can get over it. And I'm glad that you can do this, blah, blah, blah. That's cool. Glad you have your four steps. But you don't, you don't understand what that person did to me. You don't understand what, what that person did to me. 
if you knew, you, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't have to do the four steps. I wouldn't have to go through this thing. It's too much. I can't look at it. It's too hard. How do I release myself from this? What this person did to me was evil. What this person did to me hurt. What this person did to me. And you're right. You're right to be angry. You have all the right in the world to be angry. The thing is that I'd encourage you to lean into that spot. I'd encourage you to just lean in and stay with me for just one more minute, okay? I want to encourage you with two things before we end. Whatever they did to you, whether it was one year ago or five years ago or 35 years ago or 55 years ago or one week ago, Whatever they did to you, that moment and that thing that they did still holds power over you. And you've been living this way for 55 years or 30 years or five years or one year or one week. And one week is too long to be enslaved to that thing. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And let me encourage you with one other thing. You can find strength, courage, and the ability to do what you haven't been able to do yet when you look at Jesus. If there was anyone who should have been angry, it's Jesus. He's betrayed by two of his closest friends within a couple hours of each other. He's unjustly arrested. He's put through a sham trial. He's handed over to the Romans and he's beaten and stripped and mocked and then beaten and stripped and mocked. And then he's led up a hill where he's carrying this large beam of wood on his back and on his, on his charred up back and he's walking through the streets of Jerusalem. The, the people he grew up with are looking at him and he's naked and he's walking through the streets and people are mocking him. And Do you see what I'm saying? And then he's nailed to this cross. And as he's hoisted up, the Roman soldiers are, are, are rolling dice or casting lots for his clothes. His only possession on earth is taken from him. And in this moment, in this moment as he sees this, this is what he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The one who was able to get payback didn't get it. The one who had all the right in the world to be angry didn't get it. And you know what? The, the one who, who could have been angry with you all the years of your life, as you turn away from him and go away from him and do whatever you want to do, as you go and do the things that are mean to other people and you break his heart every time, he looks at his father and he says, Father, forgive him, forgive them, forgive her, for they don't know what they do.
And those were, who were killing Jesus, that day they thought that they won. They thought that they won. They walked away with their heads held high. We just killed the right guy. They felt justified. They walked away. But they didn't know that three days later, Jesus would rise from the dead. He would walk out of the tomb. A full human being, he would walk out of the tomb. Do you know what it feels like when we forgive someone? It feels like we're cutting off a part of ourselves. It feels like we are killing a part of ourselves. It feels like we're defeated. We've been holding this on to this thing for so long, and now we're giving it up. It feels like a death. But what we need to understand is that Jesus works in that to give us new life, real life, the life that you and I have been wanting all along. He gives it to us. This is the nature of forgiveness. It feels like death but we experience resurrection. I want to give us an opportunity to experience that kind of freedom tonight. At the sites, I want to give you an opportunity to experience this. So let's do it right now. Let's do a little bit of a reflection. Would you join me? On all your programs or um, on your seats, you should have gotten one of these post-it notes. If you didn't get a post-it, can you raise your hand? If you didn't get a post-it, or if you don't have something to write on, raise your hand. Ralph, can you get some post-its for folks? Thank you. Raise your hand if you didn't get something to write on. And get all the stuff off your lap except for that piece of paper, that pen. I'm going to ask us three questions as we, as we end this evening. first question is this. Let's pray first. Jesus, we ask that you would meet us in this moment. We don't know how to do what we're about to do. And so much much of us just wants to hold on to what life looks like because it feels safer, Jesus. But we, we know that you call us to be free. So Jesus, if there's anything in us that's angry, if there's anything in us that's still holding on to the past or that person, would you show it to us? Amen. With your piece of paper and pen, I'd like you to ask a question. Jesus, who am I angry with? Jesus, who am I angry with? Second question, what do I feel like they owe me? Be specific. Jesus, show me how much they took from me.
Let's all stand. Would you join me? And if you'd like to, let's, let's pray a prayer that would release us from that thing that they did. If you'd like to, you can join me in this prayer. Jesus, I bring this person before you. You can say their name in the quietness of your heart. They took this from me when they did that. In your presence, Jesus, I release them from what they owe me. I no longer seek payback. I no longer expect that they would repay that debt. I release them from it. Now, Jesus, I pray for each and every person who just did that. I pray that you would really release each and every one of us from the anger that has clouded our insides, that you would vacuum it up, Jesus, that you would take it all out, that you would do heart surgery today, that you would take that, uh, our angry heart and the things that we've thought about that person and what they've done to us, Jesus, I pray that you would release each and every one of us from the, the brokenness that's held us back. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill that spot with your love, with your grace, with your forgiveness for us. Jesus, we say we're sorry for holding on to that debt for so long. We're sorry for not living free as you've called us to be. Would you heal us in every way? In your name we pray, amen. Here's what I'd like you to do with that little post-it note. I'd like you to keep it and do something to it tonight. So you can bury it in the backyard, you can burn it, you can uh, put it inside of your... No, I won't say. Don't, no, no, never mind. Never mind on that one. Or just take it away and, and do something with this tonight to commemorate what you've done today. God bless you. We'll see you next week.